Hello, I'm Michelle. And I'm Laura. And this is the Pair Entrepreneurs Club podcast, a weekly show to help you navigate the demands of being a working parent. We will share lots of practical ideas, hints and tips, and our own and others' experiences with juggling work, family, health and finances. Above all, we want to help you find your purpose, define your identity and banish any confidence gremlins that might be holding you back from the life you dream of. No matter whether you have children or not, there will be something here for you. Let's get started. Hello listeners and welcome to today's episode of the Parent Entrepreneurs Club podcast. I'm Michelle, your host, and today I'm joined by Tamsin Williamson. And Tamsin is a transformational life and mindset coach for mums, aka the parenthood coach. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been great watching you afar from the social media and uh, great having a chat with you before we've hopped on. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and I'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy the conversation because you've got a great business. Um, so if you don't mind, Tamsin, just literally hopping over to you, just a bit of an introduction about a little bit about you and your business and what you do. Yeah, of course. I'd be really happy to. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, very happy to chat with you guys today. Um, so yeah, as you said, I am a, a life and mindset coach and I work um, particularly with mums, mums who feel that they have lost connection to who they are, to what they really are passionate about, where they're heading in life, particularly after having kids and I uh, kind of provide that reconnection forum for them to just take a bit of time out really to, yeah, get to know themselves again in this version of who they've become or who they are, who they feel that they now are since they've had kids. And I help them to, um, yeah, really rebuild their sense of confidence, their sense of self-belief you know, really start to kind of reconnect with their identity so that they can create a life for themselves that feels just so very right for them, but not at the detriment of then having to sacrifice being a great parent as well. So it is really about sort of bringing those two really big priorities together Mm -hmm. and feeling like you could be a great version of yourself and a great parent to your kids at the same time. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's something that really resonates to me. Um, I think my 2024 goal has been that just I've got a two year old and a five year old and I probably bounced from the five year old into the two year old and not really questioning identity again. It was very work orientated. And now I'm at that place this year, you know, what what am I going to do for me? You know, what's my identity again and how am I bringing that back on? Because it's so easy to say it's work. And yet, actually, you know, what do I do beyond that? So, yeah, incredibly poignant for me at the moment and something that, I, yeah, I think a lot of our listeners will be in similar situations. Definitely. And I think we go through so many different phases of that, particularly when we have kids. I think, you know, the first time we become a parent, you know, that kind of first experience where our lives just get totally turned on their heads. You know, I think that actually it can be such a massive shock. and the kind of the the reverberations that come from that shock alongside like just having to get your head around so much new stuff and figure so much stuff out I think that we very often do um you know have a tendency to abandon ourselves Mm -hmm. along the way and we almost like forget 
to even take a step back and be like, oh, like, am I still feeling like the same person? What is it that I want to be doing with my life? Like, what matters to me now? Like, life is just so chaotic often and so very different that actually creating the space to look at that, um, yeah, it's just not on the agenda, really. Um, and I think, you know, as our kids get older and go through different phases, and of course, there's all sorts of different challenges and hurdles that we need to um, overcome along the way, as long as, of co- as well as, of course, like, really great stuff. Um, but I think as we change, you know, taking those little moments to just stop yeah. and reconnect and take stock and kind of giving ourselves that space mm-hmm. to um yeah just to kind of check in with ourselves I think it is one of those things that we can just so easily forget but that can make such a massive difference when it comes to actually making some really aligned choices for ourselves yeah and I think I think you're right I probably would have just walked past it this year again another year but I'm turning 40 in a few months and maybe it's that I don't know (laughs) I'm really heavily checking into myself (laughs) and thinking you know not necessarily where I am and what I'm doing, but actually, like you say, it's a bit for me and that I'm aware I want to be, not just from a career mm. thing, because that's that easy, isn't it? That's the easy bit sometimes if you're work-orientated. Um, yeah. But very much on that personal. Yeah, definitely. And I think having those, you know, whether whatever those, like, um, milestones are, whether it's, <laughs> like, a big birthday, whether it's, you know, a, a big birthday that your child might be going through, whether it's the start of the new year or you know, a, a work anniversary or, or whatever it might be. I think almost having those little checkpoints where you can stop and reevaluate and sort of think, okay, is this what I want? Am I where I want to be? You know, what would I like to change? Like those those kind of reflective questions that are all very coachy. <laughs> um, but actually, they're the kind of questions that are really, really simple to ask ourselves if we just take the time to... Yeah do that um and they can make a massive difference to the kind of choices that we make and the intentional decisions that can really take us in all sorts of brilliant directions if we allow ourselves to yeah absolutely so how did you get on that journey then so just just to explain to us where you were and how you ended up falling into this phenomenal world of coaching well ultimately like the work that I do with my Mm -hmm. clients the work that I facilitate um is massively reflected in the experience that I had myself Mm -hmm. um I was kind of before I had kids I was working in the marketing and events industry for for years um and I probably I would say that probably before coming a parent I had been very gradually falling out of love with what I had been doing but you know as we talk about these milestones you know there was always like other things that I was working towards and I suppose I just didn't prioritize it I could kind of just carry on keep on keeping on as they say um but when I had kids I was literally slapped in the face by just how wrong my career was feeling for me it had a massive impact on me um on my mental health on how I felt about myself you know I felt massively um stuck 
to use that kind of word that I know a lot of people probably will resonate with. I really was like, I've done this forever. This is the career that I've always had. You know, I have no idea what else I'm even capable of doing, let alone what is out there. Oh, and I've got a really young child and I don't have time to think about it either. Um, and that was a really difficult time for me. Um, and, it, and, it, and in a way, it did sort of impact my experience, my first experience of parenthood, because I just felt so all consumed with everything that was going on in my life. And the future just felt like a big black hole, I suppose, because I was like, but I don't know what to do, because I've always been an ambitious person. And it felt really uncomfortable to sort of feel like that was just so uncertain. Yeah. Um, and I, I did kind of tread water for quite a long time and sort of buried my head in the sand, um, ended up having um, a second child. So my son was born um, two and a little bit years after my daughter. Um, and at that point, I was like, okay, enough is enough here. Something's got to give. Like, I, I just couldn't, maybe in my mind, I'd sort of you know, found my my place where I was like, actually, I don't think, you know, I think this is our family unit. You know, I've got I've got these two wonderful children. I think this is it. And when I'm thinking about what's next for me, I don't want it to remain yeah. so daunting and such a big question mark. And I think it was that that really spurred me on and um, did all sorts of soul searching. I had a bit of coaching myself just to try and figure it out, which was so very useful. And that was really my first experience of having coaching. Um, and actually what it did was it inspired me to actually explore gaining some coaching qualifications myself. And yeah, and I suppose the rest is history, really. I did it. I, I did my training alongside doing my job. I kind of did it undercover in the background, um, uh, which was crazily you know it made my life even more full but it also just literally brought me back to life like doing finding something that I felt just so energized and inspired and invigorated by and that I felt really good at and that I could really kind of see the potential in and you know all all of those kind of I suppose little moments and feelings and experiences that I felt like I had just been missing for so long they suddenly started to drop in one by one and ultimately um I got my qualification and then made the decision to resign and I went and started up my own business so there was no even like gentle stepping stone of maybe going and being a coach working for somebody else I was like nah I'm just gonna go all in and I started my own business um which was terrifying mm -hmm. I had not a blooming clue what on earth I was doing um but just had to follow this really strong nudge that I had that it was the right thing that I'd figure it out um and I felt really passionately about supporting other women who were going through exactly the same thing as me because actually one of the things that I noticed was once I started the more I talked about where I was at and how I was feeling I realized just I wasn't as alone as I thought I had been there were so many other people out there so many other women and you know mums who were literally going through such a similar experience and I was like right let me get in there and you know really add some value in this space which is ultimately what I've ended up doing um and here I am 
Incredible. And I think I think that's it, isn't it? That for opening up and being vulnerable and sharing those experiences, it's it's not always as culturally acceptable in this country to kind of say it. But we are getting there, aren't we? And people do tend to, to kind of open and share now, which is so much better. But I mean, for you, I mean, what a story around your journey, those knockbacks and how you've built your own personal resilience. And I guess that's something that you work on with your clients, I guess, and your community. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think the fact that I have been through those really difficult periods that I've experienced, the hard feelings, the discomfort, the fear, the worry, you know, all of those kind of really difficult feelings that can absolutely swallow you up. Like I've been there and I'll, and I'll be really honest and say that I still have those moments now, like, you know, for different reasons than I had them at the beginning of my journey, you know, but being a business owner isn't a walk in the park either like you know it's it's a it's a bold brave choice to make the best choice that I ever made in my life really like I absolutely no regrets but it requires resilience and I think being able to you know bring that empathy into the conversations that I have with my clients into the conversations that I share on my podcast for example and help my clients to just feel seen and heard and supported like I'm not just coming in here sort of saying oh yeah you know let's fix this actually I'm saying I get it I've been where you are Mm. you can get through this this can feel easier you know it it makes a massive difference I think when people feel that they aren't alone and it it sort of gives them that of hope that there is another way absolutely I mean I, it really resonated with me when you said it about your own personal journey and how you chose to get a coach and I think if I look at some of my friends and some of my peers actually they've been in similar situations and it's so easy for them to go for the counseling route and it's just talking through it whereas actually the coach as you say is somebody to actually signpost and facilitate and hold them to account on those actions um, and I just thought it was an interesting, the fact that you chose that route to go through coaching. And now that's been something that you've kind of bought into your business as well. But yeah, there's so many of our peers who would, would naturally have had that conversation and ended up going through more of a counselling type CBT route, which is very different and kind of has a different end route as well. You know, serves a purpose for different needs, don't get me wrong, but certainly for, for uh, actually kind of going through the mechanisms of how they can bring that back into their parenthood is is, is certainly different. Definitely. And and I think um, and I think perhaps it, it depends. You know, there's all sorts of different coaches out there with all sorts of different styles and niches and, and all that stuff. Um, but certainly from, my, you know, I can only speak from my own personal experience. But, you know, coaching in coaching with me and the sort of coaching that I look to have for myself, it is so much about you know the action taking and the accountability and the moving forwards but it is such a huge such a huge part of it is also about the feelings and it's about what's going on in your kind of inner world and actually I would be as bold to say that until you've like really got to grips with what's going on in your head in your heart you know that actually it's gonna be harder to make those really aligned decisions to feel really confident that you're making the right choices for yourself um 
in your outside world. Um, and I suppose that's why I call myself like a life and mindset coach. Um, and it's why I've gone on, we were just talking earlier about NLP and sort of, you know, the power of our minds and what an impact that can have on how we show up in the world. And for me, the two are just so inextricably linked. Like I think, you know, really getting to grips with the inner stuff the feelings and the thoughts like as scary as that can be for some people actually getting to grips with those and kind of mastering your mindset and um know like who you really are inside like Mm -hmm. those that that work is where the kind of transformational bit happens I think rather than just going through the motions yeah absolutely absolutely and that's it isn't it everybody's sort of map of the world from the NLP perspective is completely different and then the feelings that go with that and how you have your values that will certainly change the course of direction that you're going to go in 100% so mm. obviously from your your perspective there really open and vulnerable story around how you've you bounced back and you've come back and rebuilt and ended up doing something you're truly passionate about but if you've got any practical st- strategies that you'd share for other moms about how to resiliate and build that resilience themselves and sort of navigate some of those expectations that we have as parents yeah i i think um as i've sort of just touched on one thing is is just giving yourself that space and the grace Mm -hmm. to uh listen to yourself and to kind of understand who you really are what you really want and and I think as mums particularly and as women you know I think it is really common that part of the challenge around us losing sight of that stuff is because we live in this kind of society where you know in a way we're, we've been conditioned to fit the mold to do things a certain way to fit a certain role and yes that is changing so much but at, sometimes it can be really hard to pull apart what we really want or who we really are versus actually who we've been told that we should be or who we've been brought up to believe that we should become and and actually what I see in my clients and what I've definitely experienced in myself is that the more um, connected and familiar I have become with myself the more resilient I have become because suddenly some of those really big decisions that I come to make or the kind of you know the the confusion that I might feel in certain situations suddenly I'm like oh no actually I do know what I would do or what I need to do in this situation um versus perhaps just you know doing what you think you should do and very often when you take that second option you don't end up actually feeling that happy something can be a bit off yeah um so yeah I I think for me that is a massive massive part of um building resilience which applies to all parts of our lives whether it's professionally whether it's in our relationships as parents um I think that can be huge and and I think the other part of this is the the other one minute I think the other really big part of um, that can really help build resilience 
is around accepting good enough um and you know releasing ourselves from perfection of course and that doesn't mean that we don't have to have high standards it doesn't mean that we need to kind of feel any sort of sense of disappointment with ourselves but sort of aiming for good enough it means that when it comes to moving forward and taking action in our lives or making certain choices or decisions that we get to do that without quite so much pressure weighing us down without quite so much expectation on ourselves like it gives us a little bit of wiggle room to actually figure some stuff out to experiment to get a few things wrong you know and that's totally okay to do that and I think if we're if we give ourselves that permission I think it will mean that as we kind of go through our lives and make all sorts of different choices and and decisions that actually will cut ourselves a little bit more slack and probably move forward so much more quickly because we won't be kind of holding ourselves at gunpoint to make the absolute perfect decision I agree. Sometimes, I, I mean, I talk about it with my clients, you know, you can't always make that platinum decision. It needs to be kind of the bronze and you're happy with that and you can live with that and move forward. Um, yeah. And it's it's the meaning you put behind it, isn't it? The language that you use and in your head, how you process that. Um, but yeah, those when you were saying about the societal the sort of conformities, I think that has a huge, huge role to play, huge role mm-hmm. in what we do. And, and whilst it's changing, as you say, it's you can't forget that noise in the decisions that you make and how you make those decisions. Um, you know, unless you say you're building that resilience yourself and you can cut it out and tone it down a little bit and stand back and say, you know, I actually am really confident in the decision I've made because I've done this before and I've learned from this mistake I've made and I don't need to hear that. I'm happy with the choices that I'm I'm going to make, either myself as a as a mum or a parenting choice that we might make collectively as a as a couple um yeah I think it's um it's a it's a fascinating topic isn't it and I think it's one of those things that people kind of look at in different ways but do you have any views on self-care and resilience I mean from your perspective do you kind of advocate self-care and what would you kind of encourage you take time out your working week to look after yourself yes (laughs) I do (laughs) I take I take a fair bit of time, actually, Um, because for me, it's become a non-negotiable, really. But, you know, I think it's about um, also reframing what self-care actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think there is this feeling often of it being indulgent and, Mm -hmm. you know, almost, you know, a bit a bit luxurious. And and actually, I think just looking at self care, in whatever form that looks like as an absolute necessity, makes a massive part and also realizing that it doesn't need to be really over engineered. It doesn't have to be really expensive. It doesn't even have to take loads of time. It is just these little moments of checking in with yourself and sort of asking yourself like what is it that I need right now and sometimes it might be so very simple what you need and the solution to give yourself that might be so very straightforward and accessible Um, but if we don't ask ourselves that question then actually we never 
know and we just go overlooked and that's when I suppose we get to that point when we can then feel really overwhelmed or get really burnt out or lose our shit with our kids because (laughs) actually we haven't you know we haven't checked in with ourselves enough to just keep ourselves topped up um but I think you know and I know I keep coming back to this bit around getting to know yourself again, but you know, what, what self-care looks like for one person might look so very different to somebody else. So this morning, as an example, I have been to a uh, an art workshop. Oh, um, nice. Something that's <laughs> locally, it's something that it was almost like going to therapy for me mm-hmm. in sense of the mindful experience it was creative it was you know peaceful and connected with people and it brought me joy and it was two hours where like I was literally just doing my own thing and 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 doing it and that was two hours so you know I appreciate some people might be like oh my god well I don't have two hours and that's fine I had two hours this morning and for me that was absolutely the most beautiful way of me caring for myself and it it sort of ticked so many boxes for me in so many ways Mm. so that's right for me but you know when you look at what your version of that is what time you have available even if it is 10 minutes Mm. you know it's just kind of coming back to that self-connection piece and responding to whatever a need a nudge a desire a whim that Mm. you might have but again not putting loads of pressure on it and actually kind of leaning into ease can make Mm. such a big difference yeah absolutely I mean I I practice what I preached the other day and I'm not always that great at it I kind of you know it's it's about time for me and it's making the time but as you say Mm. not forcing it and not making it feel sort of artificial and stage but I, yeah for me it was just getting out with the dog and having a really long walk in the countryside and I did loads of time for self-reflection um you know for me to do what my my friends well and Laura's my business partner for her it's going to the gym she loves playing tennis and she goes to the gym doesn't float my boat I just can't be that person <laughs> um, but actually just getting out in the countryside and just taking in what's around me is quite you know, poignant for me um and just giving me that time for self-reflection and then I think mm. you come back so much more energized and completely refreshed um I you know I feel that a better business owner for it I feel a better parent for it um a better wife in some aspects because I've just had that time to do that reflection and that pause in my day mm-hmm. so like you say it might feel indulgent sometimes to take the time out particularly when you run your own business but actually the dividends is is vast I think it, it pays for itself doesn't it if you can if you need the discipline to do it yeah um, definitely and and I think um on the resilience piece mm-hmm. like such a big um, blocker to taking that time for yourself is when you don't believe it's possible and you can sort of be like, oh no, I don't have time. I don't believe it's possible. I can't make this space. But the moment that you do it, you have mm-hmm. a piece of evidence there that suddenly proves you wrong. Mm-hmm. And actually it means that then the next time you might go to take care of yourself or to do something nice for yourself, you aren't still necessarily going to be sitting there saying, oh, no, 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 it's not for me. I'm not, it, I'm not, you know, I'm not somebody that can do that. Because then you're like, oh, no, well, actually, I can because I have. And that's where creating that habit and just doing it a little bit, little and often, that's when you start to then build up your 
evidence bank. And that is when your resilience to actually keep showing up for yourself will get stronger and stronger and stronger because suddenly it will stop feeling like mission impossible. It will stop feeling like such hard work and actually it will just become a kind of much more easily integrated mm -hmm. part of your life and how you show up. Absolutely. And it is so important, so, so important to do. Mm. No, it's fantastic. Have you got any um, podcasts or reading that you enjoy that, again, is part of that, I suppose, either one, you see it as self-development or you can too see it as that self-care as well. Is there anything you'd recommend to the listeners? Yes. So well, there's actually two. Now that I'm just thinking about it, there's two things that I uh, would love to recommend. One is a podcast that I've only recently started um, listening to, but it's very relevant to what we were just talking about. And it is called Self Care Club. Um, and it is a really great podcast. It's run by two women in their 40s who essentially each episode, I think they pick a different self care thing. So they've done all sorts of like crazy, wacky stuff. Um, and they've basically, they spend a week together experimenting with this new thing. And then they report back and they share what their experience was, how they found it. They record little voice notes while they're in the middle of doing it. So I listened to one about cold showers um, oh. last week, for example. And actually, when it comes to um, tuning in to what self-care activities appeal to me for example mm. I think it could probably be a really um good inspiration yeah. source to yeah. actually like listen to other people's experiences and open your mind up to what kind of things you actually mm. could be doing out there I listened to another one about art therapy actually um that they recorded as something completely different um which really interested me but um it's also really funny and entertaining and they have a lot of good banter with each other as podcasters so I would definitely uh recommend giving that a listen um, and my all-time favorite book that actually I have read a few times now mm -hmm. is a book called Big Magic um, mm -hmm. it's by Elizabeth Gilbert she's um, the woman who wrote Eat Pray Love which mm -hmm. is fiction this is not this is not um, a fiction book but it is just such a brilliant way of opening your mind to perhaps your more creative side, understanding how you think. Uh, but she's a fantastic storyteller. So it's not like full of theory. It's not heavy in any way. It is really entertaining and it just gets all sorts of kind of light bulbs pinging off all over the place. Um, to help you feel a bit more freedom around experimenting and playing and being creative in your life, even if you don't consider yourself to be a creative person, which I think as business owners, particularly, that can be such a massive blocker, you know, when you say, oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm not creative at all. And and actually, you know, it, it starts to help you realize that we all have the potential to be creative and to approach our businesses and our lives. Mm -hmm. um, our version of creativity um so yeah that's been a really inspiring read that I yeah as I said come back to time and time again 
I am certainly going to order that because I am that person. I'll say I'm not very creative. And that was the advice that I've had before. Play the day away. You need to play the day away. And I think that's such a good, good line, isn't it? To, mm. to actually put that into context, be a bit more playful. Mm. Fantastic. And I love the self-care because I think when, when we were talking about it again, thinking I wasn't particularly creative, people do struggle. And if, you know, to, to come up with the ideas and it becomes a prohibitor for doing it, doesn't it? So certainly listening to that podcast will generate some ideas for people as well, which is, so we'll be sure to put the links for those into the transcripts. And uh, we'll also put the links to your fabulous website and your socials as well, Tamsin. So we would like to thank a massive thank you for joining us today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Um, appreciate you spending the time uh, today to, to jump on. And we'll make sure we link everything in our socials. And if you would like to get in touch with Tamsin about her work and uh, anything that's resonated with you, then please get in touch. Brilliant. Thank you. Again. Thank, you. thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We rely heavily on word of mouth, so if you found value in this episode, please hit subscribe and share it with family and friends. If you'd like to find out a bit more about us, you can find us on our Facebook group, Pair Entrepreneurs Club, or alternatively on Instagram, Entrepreneurs underscore club. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to talking to you next time.